I'm Kurt, I'm a parent, and this is the Parent Skills Podcast. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of our new Parent Skills Podcast, primarily for those parents at Saddleback Church, but hopefully you are learning some stuff and finding this podcast valuable enough to maybe recommend to a friend or a coworker who is raising children. And we don't care if they've got elementary, early childhood, teenagers, or maybe you're on your way to being an empty nester. We hope that each week on the Parent Skills Podcast, you are learning a skill or two that help you win as a parent, give you a little bit more confidence in your journey. Today, I have a great special guest. His name is John Luzatter, and I'm thrilled that he's joining us, and we will meet him in just a second. All right, well, we are back in studio. By studio, I mean a table and two microphones. Is my good friend John Luzatter. John, how you doing? I'm doing great, Kurt. How are you? John, you have a great voice. You have a voice made for radio. Thanks. Yeah. John, um, our parents, just for sake of introduction, if you have a junior high or high schooler and you attend Saddleback Church, you might be aware that our junior hires every single... Um, well, this time every year, every fall, we go to a short 24-hour event called Believe mm-hmm. that's put on by an organization called Christ in Youth. And our high schoolers go to summer camp. And a few years ago, we decided instead of spending all, not all of our time and effort, but so much of our camp preparation was in the planning of the programs at camp, the chapel services. And CIY, Christ in Youth, that's what they do for a living. They do camp for high school kids. And so we reached out to CIY and John here is the, you're the pro you're the director of all things high school for CIY. What's your official title? I'm the senior director of uh, summer events, the senior director of summer events That's right. for junior high and high school. That's right. And, um, so we started going, not going to your camps, but you guys in essence do a custom camp for Saddleback. That's right. And I talk about this all the time. Parents wouldn't even, maybe wouldn't even know this and they may not care, but I I love this is that in the five years now, I think that we've been taking our high schoolers Mm -hmm. and, and you guys have been doing camp for us. Our summer camp attendance has almost doubled in five years. And I really do think it's because of the quality experience of camp. It frees our, our counselors, our youth pastors up to be with students and be pastors and shepherds of, of the camp instead of figuring out how many microphones they need on the stage for a certain, that's what you guys do. Mm-hmm. So all of that to say, um, when you and I found ourselves in the same place today, I thought, oh, I want John to come on because John is not only an awesome friend of Saddleback Church, um, but you're a dad. And you've got three young-ish boys. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your family, how long you've been married, and all that good stuff. Super. Uh, I've been married for 20 years. Actually, in March, I will celebrate. Congratulations. It's exciting. Uh, It's been a blast. Yeah. Um, It's uh, amazing to do life with uh, someone God made you to to do life with. Uh, It's been a blast. Uh, Been tons of fun, I would say. Uh, God's blessed us in tons of ways, many ways. Uh, three of those are a 13-year-old boy uh, whose birthday is actually today. Wow. I'm starting being a teenage dad. That's right. A uh, 10-year-old boy and well, an 8-year-old you, you, boy. You're, you're not a teenage dad. You're the dad. A dad of, of a teenage yeah, boy. Thank, That's right. Just make sure we clarify that. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a teenage dad. Uh, that would be a mess. 
uh, dad of a teenage uh, boy who loves to bring his teenage friends to my house, hang out, play Fortnite, and do all the things that teenage boys do. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty standard around our house. <laughs> yeah. Um, so 13. 13, 10, 8. 13, 10, and 8. That's Three right. boys. Three boys. If you and your wife were being super duper honest, did you want child number three to be another boy because you were kind of in the boy groove or were you deep down kind of hoping for a girl? Uh, she was hoping for a girl yeah. and me. Uh, I, I'm willing to roll the dice. I'll take whatever God gives me. Yeah, that's right. awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, in, in, um, you live in Joplin, Missouri. That's right. And so Joplin is different than South Orange County where most of our parent listeners reside. Joplin, Missouri is where boys age 8, 10, and 13 hunt and fish and roam free and do all the stuff that I, it, people that live in Southern California kind of go, wow, that's awesome. That's right. You know, you have wide open space. How many acres do you guys live on? Uh, we don't, we live in a suburb, uh, but the, our little suburbial uh, landmass uh, has about six junior high boys, about six 10 year old boys and about three eight-year-old boys that live within walking distance of our home. So, so. they do roam. They literally roam oh, the streets together. All over the place. Yeah. That's right. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a wolf pack most days. <laughs> yeah. Well, John, here's what, here's the parent skills, because the whole point of this podcast is for our parents to, when they're done listening, that we're going to talk for 10 more minutes, 15 minutes. It's meant to be kind of short, but I want parents to walk away with one or two skills that they sometimes it's skills that they can apply tomorrow and sometimes and maybe what we're going to talk about today would be a skill that they kind of put on the shelf until the next opportunity arises mm -hmm. and the opportunity that I want you to speak to our parents about is how can parents because this is what you do for a living you minister to thousands and thousands of teenagers every single summer and oftentimes parents send their kids to a camp send their kids to winter retreat um and for the, for the most part, you know, when their kid comes home and gets off the bus, the parents typically go, okay, that's the end of that event. And it was awesome. They might try to have a little follow-up question or two, but for the most part, camp kind of happens and then it's over. And I thought it would be awesome, John, in your, with your experience, if you could give our parents some skills on how to leverage camp when they come home. Right. So how, like, how can you as a parent, what kind of conversations can you have? What can you do to sort of, um, increase the effectiveness of camp, even though camp is now over? Does mm -hmm. that, does that make sense? And, and maybe just give, just give parents, Hey, here's two or three things, some skills you can have next time your kid goes away, whether it's for a weekend or for an entire summer camp. Mm -hmm. So just freestyle and I'll chime in okay. here and there. I'll do that. I would say for us, um, we've not sent our kids away to high school camp yet. Uh, we have a local church camp, and, and my, my, my children go to our events with other students during the summer. Uh, I would say our strategy at our house is uh, we create spaces for conversations. Uh, our dinner table is a, is a space in our home where we have conversations. I would say our couch, when kind of things have settled down for the night, mom sits on one end of the couch and boys sit on the other end, and they, they have conversations about school. Our car, when we leave the church or when we're picking them up from friends or different activities, it's not a place where everybody just pulls your phone out. It's a conversation space where they know when they get in those spaces, we're going to talk. You know, they have they have places during their day where it's they're their in own, the room and hiding. Right, they're watching, right. you know, videos or playing video games. 
in those kind of spaces, they know mom and dad are going to ask questions and expect us to give answers. Right. And so I would say as a parent, having an intentional spaces in your home and in your life with your, with your students, with your children to have conversations where they know it's coming, Right. where it's not mom and dad always nagging on me. You're overstepping your boundaries. You're intruding in my space with my friends. They just know in these places that yeah. kind of stuff's going to happen. And, and what I what I hear you saying is a lot for you guys. A lot of those are places where you know we're all going to be together anyway. Yes. So why not leverage that and and make some intentional conversation? You're all going to be not every night, but once in a while, you're all going to be at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. You're all going to be in the car on the way to church on the way home. Yep. Um, you're all going to be in the family room together watching TV or whatever. So at some point, hey, why don't we not watch TV? and have some family conversation. That's right. As opposed to trying to force it into the areas when they're more, you're more naturally kind of everybody doing their own thing. Yeah. And I would say for, for us, uh, my wife had to realize that girl conversation is different than boy conversation. Yeah. And just be okay with that. Right. That sometimes yeses and grunts and I don't know, as we can talk about it later is appropriate conversation for your child. Right. Uh, but also not being afraid to push in a little bit more Yeah. Uh, and, and expect a, a clear answer and even help them think sometimes, you know, yeah. of what those answers are. Uh, I would say my eight-year-old uh, requires more effort on my part to have conversations with him about, hey, what did you learn at church tonight, you know, or today when you're coming home, or how was camp? He wants to tell me about everything that's fun, and I want to talk about, hey, what did Jesus do in your heart, you know? Right. But that just doesn't, I mean, an eight-year-old boy right. isn't something that just spills out. So I would say helping them even formulate what those conversations are, not, not telling them what to say, but just helping them understand this is what's going on. This is what I thought. This is uh, what I feel like I learned from this experience. Uh, And I, when they come up with an idea uh, as a parent, it's hard for us, I'll say me to not want to jump in and and grab their idea and do something with it, but just let it be their idea. You know, Uh, we, I'll tell the story of my oldest son. Uh, We had a, a friend of ours who was a teacher and in her class, a little boy's house burned down around Thanksgiving time. And so um, my son took that to his uh, church group, his small group, and was talking about it. And they prayed that night, hey God, what could we do to help this family? They lived in another state, far away from us. And my little dude came home and said, uh, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass on Christmas this year and send all of my gifts to this kid so he could have the Christmas because his Christmas tree burned down and all his toys burned down. And as a parent, I was like, mm, that's a bad idea. You're gonna not, you're gonna hate Christmas morning yeah. if there's not yeah. a single you're gonna, present. You're, you're gonna regret that. Right, that's exactly what, as a dad, <laughs> right. I wanted to say to my, he was 10 at that time, right. this is a bad idea. It wasn't a bad idea. Right. It was, he believed that God spoke to him and asked him to do something. He's like, okay, I'm gonna do this. And just to let that happen, it was super mm-hmm. awkward on Christmas morning when his brothers have piles of gifts and he doesn't have any. And the cool thing was he sat there with a smile the entire morning mm-hmm. and was just, he knew beyond the shadow of a doubt, right. this is something God spoke to him. And and I I wanted to take that that experience away from him because I wanted to protect right. him. Right. You know, that's not the mature thing to do. You'll regret it. You know, you don't know what you're talking yeah. about a month from now. And that was huge for us. To watch, right. or it is really mature. In fact, it's way more mature than you're going to be able to handle on Christmas morning. That's right, because <laughs> you're ten. Yeah, and it was huge for us as parents to watch and be like, yeah. okay, uh, they can handle these kinds. So of if things. we put that principle into like a coming home from camp context, right? Oftentimes, kids come home from winter camp, yep, or summer camp, or whatever it might be, and God's done something in their heart, 
And sometimes what they come home with are some pretty. That's right. Right. And they might come home going, you know, I've seen it a hundred, a thousand times as a youth pastor that kids get off the bus. And I mean, they were just on the mountaintop an hour ago. Yep. And on that mountaintop, they promised they were never, ever going to talk back to their mom again. Yeah. Right. And they come home and the first thing they do is tell their mom, I'm so sorry. I've talked back to you. And, and I've, I've seen, I have seen it and I've heard about it, you know, where the temptation for parents then is to kind of say, well, we'll see how long that lasts yep. or wow. You know, really you felt like God might want you to be a pastor someday. Well, you know, you're only in third grade and uh, there's a lot of time between now and then. Yep. So talk to me a little bit about how can parents take some of those big decisions? Cause what you described, I mean, I've seen it camp all the time, you know, God does stuff in kids' hearts mm -hmm. and they come home a little bit tweaked, a little bit changed. How can parents avoid throwing water on? And they don't, they don't mean to, no, don't they mean don't to mean to, no. but how do they avoid kind of throwing water on the fire? Maybe that God started it for that weekend or that week away at camp. Yeah. I, I, I don't have a magic formula. I'll tell you, it, it stretches us, Michelle and I, a lot on those kind of areas uh, with our little dudes when they can walk in the door with their ideas. I think sometimes me being able to, to trust God, you know, it's easy easy for me as a 44-year-old dad to be like, I, I trust God. Do I trust him when my kid comes home with an idea that just seems way too big? Yeah. You know? And even just being their partner in, in, in that process has been a, a, big, a deep, big deal for me instead of me having to step in and take care of it. But okay, let's figure this out. And so we went and bought Christmas gifts and we wrapped them and we put them in the mailbox together. Uh, even though I'm just like, this is a terrible idea. The whole way through this, I thought that I knew what was best for my 10 year old boy. Right. However, putting myself in the position that says, I'm going to do this with you. I'm your right. dad. Yeah. It, it's a little weird for me and, and for him to watch my faith even be stretched in that moment. Right. I think it, as we talk about Christmas, yeah. he brings it up every once in a while with a great big smile oh, on man. his face that says, remember and, that time? And it could have backfired. Yeah. I mean, he could have been could tearful have. and full of regrets on Christmas morning. And even in that moment, though, a year later, two years later, he would still, I believe, have a positive memory right. of the time that he did. A, he sacrificed and you guys let him. Yeah. And so as opposed to you going, see, I told you, son, I told you you'd be crying today. Moms and dads want uh, this little kid in this other state to send pictures and be like, thanks so much for my Christmas gifts. Right. What happens when that doesn't happen? Right. For a 10 year old boy, didn't have to happen. Right. For 44 year old parents. Yeah. yeah we you, were like, you, you know how it's supposed to work. That's exactly right. Yeah. I, I, I love that. And so for me, maybe a, a real practical hook on that is when, when, when your child, it could be a, a first grader, it could be a, a 12th grader when they come home from an event and they're fired up. I think the tip for parents is to the best of your ability, mm -hmm. cheer on, road, cheer right. on whatever decision they feel like they've made. Mm -hmm. If they feel like they're called to be a missionary, you know what? Now, if he's in fifth grade, he might end up not being a missionary. Yeah. But if, if, if he ends up not being a missionary, you don't want you or your spouse to be the reason he remembers he's not a missionary. That's right. Well, I, I felt called being a missionary, but my parents, you know, they kind of poo pooed it. Mm -hmm. 
you can you can cheer your kids on to whatever they think God's putting on their hearts. Absolutely, and it'll 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 come to fruition, or it might it might not. And this but is they'll a, know you were cheering them on. It's not a foreign concept for us. When my right. kid does great in spelling. I'll put his spelling test, his A plus, on the refrigerator and be like, "Great job, you did. You practice your spelling words." And when my kid plays great in basketball, my whole family goes and we sit in the stands, stands and we cheer. Yeah, great job on the shot. It should be the same with spiritual matters. Right. Don't be afraid to walk down those things that are right. a little bit new, maybe a little bit stretching, and cheer them on along right. the way and stand beside them. Yeah, you use a great word, cheer them on. Mm-hmm. Um, in in some of the stuff that we're talking about with the Saddleback Parents is these different phases of parenting. And one of the key roles of, of parents at any age, but especially in early adolescence, is just to be a cheerleader. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they have enough insecurities, they have enough self-doubt, they have enough problems with their own friends who they feel like they have to perform. But for mom and dad just to say, man, we believe in you, yeah. whatever God is doing in your life, we, we, we applaud, you can do it, you, you can be a world changer. For, for kids to have parents who believe that about them and are cheering them on in their corner not in a not in a helicopter parent way not in cuz you know when you were telling your story about your son what i love about that story is it doesn't sound like you and your wife had a couple of secret presents hid just no. in case he regretted it <laughs> uh, right i mean so nope. you know was- the the soft southern california parent in me says Come on, buddy. Tell me you, you, after he gave away all his Christmas presents, you took him out to the garage and gave him a new bike. No, but, but you know, in Joplin, you're a man of your word and your son (laughs) gave up his gifts and he got nothing in return. And I love that. I love it. You saying those words, you can do this are huge. You know, you know how many times a day your kid hears, you can't be this right. cool, strong, pretty, smart. The, goes, the list goes on and on and on. And them coming home and hearing from mom and dad, yeah, this might be crazy, but you can do this. Right. Yeah. Those are big words. Yeah, John, I'm, I'm going to kind of cut us short. And, I, I, and the reason for that is I think we stumbled onto a great, a great topic. Um, you know, my idea was really let's give parents three ways to make camp awesome when they get home. And we pivoted a little bit. And it, and yes, when they come home from camp, mm-hmm. the idea of cheer them on, whatever God's done in their heart at camp, like help fan that flame. But it's way bigger than just when they go away to camp. Yeah. I think the, the, the parent skill that you've uncorked today in that story of your child is when your kid has a dream, when God, when they feel some nudge to make peanut butter jelly sandwiches for the homeless people on the corner. Yeah. Right to I'm gonna I'm gonna collect a hundred sweaters to give to I'm gonna I'm gonna whatever it is or it's not even spiritual I'm gonna try out for the, one of my best friend's daughter is a sophomore in high school came home the other day and said Dad Mom I'm gonna try out for the the JV softball team doesn't own a softball mitt has never played softball and my friend said Kurt everything in us everything in us wanted to sit her down and say, Hey, look, we're going to protect you from a whole boatload of disappointment. You can't try out for the JV girls softball team. You don't know how to catch. <laughs> and guess what? They didn't, mm. they didn't, they let her go and they cheered her on and they said, man, if you want to try to play softball, go for it. We believe in you, man. And whatever, whatever happens is going to be awesome. Mm. 
cheerleaders. Yeah. Let's, let's be our kids cheerleaders. Let's not be the ones who put the cold blanket on their hopes and their dreams and what they feel like God is nudging them to do. That is a parent skill that if we can be good at that, oh man, oh, oh man, you know, if, if my kids, my kids are both young adults now, I don't know if they would say this or not. I sure hope they would. Hey, my dad had a lot of faults, but I'll tell you what, he believed in me. I'm not sure if there's a better, a better goal for us as parents. I agree. John, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, everybody, thank you so much. If you are not subscribing, you can subscribe to the Parent Skills Podcast on Podbean, on iTunes. You can come to the parent website, saddlebackparents.com. And by the way, speaking of the website, there is all kinds of great stuff, book summaries, blog posts, two-minute tip videos, on-track parenting videos, um, previous episodes of the podcast, all kinds of stuff. We would love for you to visit the website, saddlebackparents.com. Um, and share it with a friend or two who you know as a parent just needs a little bit of hope, a little bit of help, a little bit of encouragement on their parenting journey. We will see you next time around.